now for something completely different. Welcome to Shout Out. Out of the closet and into your ears. Hello and welcome to Shout Out. I'm Andy Shilton. And I'm Laura Lanamy. On today's show, Kiev Pride. Uh, I speak to Lenny, the executive director of Kiev Pride in the Ukraine, believe it or not. And the Diary of a Somebody is beginning um, is being staged again for the first time in 35 years. And we'll be finding out way more about it. Uh, all that and more today, right here on Shout Out. Dum, dum, dum. <laughs> Every time I come, you do it. I love it. <laughs> how are you? I'm good. How are you? Sorry, a bit of a technical yes. failure there at the beginning. I think oh, I hit no, the wrong button. We, we have those, but it doesn't so. matter. We're still here and you into your lovely ears. Yes. Um, Out of the closet and into your ears. We're going to San Diego tomorrow. Oh, are you? Yeah. Nice. Um, oh, conference. Oh, so right. um, I think it's Science Week this week. But yeah, like I'm going to. Uh, yeah, talk about my science um, and talk about... It's a big part of your life, isn't it, science? It's a massive part yeah. of my life. And Matthews, actually, who's yeah. sitting on the other side of the desk looking hello. lovely. Yeah. Hello, yes. It, it is Brit- Happy British Science Week, if you're Happy celebrating. Happy British Science Week. I feel like it's kind of gone under the radio. Radio? Under the radio. Radar. <laughs> radar this week. So, I mean, you're, are, you, are you off blowing things up or teaching people I'm how to... I'm doing it all remotely. You're doing it all remotely. Yeah, so I'm on a wee- and my, my body clock's all over the place at the moment. Yes, I've just had my lunch. <laughs> oh, wow, okay. The joys of remote working, you see. It's, you know. it's, it's a lot, but yeah, no, um, it's a great week to celebrate science and like producing science um, innovations, things like that. So yeah, um, I'm really excited to be going. Um, and also for it to be sunny, because I don't like this rain. No, although it's not, it's starting to warm up a little bit in this country, is isn't it? it? And we're, we're only, what, two or three weeks from the clock's going forward? I mean... And that's when it starts to feel more spring-like and summery, isn't it? I actually, I think everyone is on the up and up when it, like, rears its... Do you know when you, like, turn the corner and it's, like, suddenly yeah. kind of becoming... And, like, at 6.30, it's actually light. I can't... I forgot what it was like to go mm. home. In, and the, it, in the light, yeah. yeah. Every year, I'm, I'm so surprised. I'm like, oh, my God, it's so nice now. Because I don't have to go home yeah. in the dark and the rain. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm sure it'll rain again at some point. It's oh yeah, hundred percent. But I'll be in San Diego, my love. So yeah. I won't have to know that for mm. a week. So where it's sunshine and palm trees. Mm. Yeah. You don't sound as jealous as I want you to be. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm not going to like like cry or something because you're, you're going. I, I'd love to go with you. Are you um, going on holiday at all this year? Not till September. Oh, where are you going? No, I'm going on a cruise. Oh. Off, off down around the Mediterranean. Oh, okay, what, like... Uh, I'm doing sound effects, waves. <laughs> <laughs> palm careful, trees. Careful, careful. They'll, they'll think that the gays are at it again, Because you know, apparently we what can control the, the weather. Oh, I see, I see. I was like, where are you going with that? <laughs> oh, well, we can control the weather. Wasn't it that priest that said that? Like, oh, there's loads there's, of them that said it. Honestly, you know. I really think they're wild. Like, you're really going to claim that gay people did this. If we could, do you think we'd do it here? Yeah. We'd be doing lots of good things for the world. We wouldn't be abusing our power. Yeah, exactly. We'd be doing we'd be doing a lot more good. Mm. 
um, yeah. if we had the power to change. I certainly be doing some stuff to help out in Ukraine at the moment if I if I could. That so, is, um, yeah. I will, will warn you. We have an amazing interview coming up later. Uh, mm. we, uh, we spoke to Lenny yesterday, who is the executive director of Kiev Pride. Um, I was absolutely gobsmacked that we managed to get hold of them because you know it's the, the war's going on there, and um, you know it, it was really emphasised by the fact that before we started the interview, the air raid sirens went off, and she had to move into the hallway for us mm. to. Um, interviewer you know really kind of hit home what we were talking about there Mm, I find it really strange that now though people are suddenly um really well they're up in arms at Ukraine of course but like there's been wars going on in Syria Afghanistan for years and no one's had this most uh, emotional reaction as they have now do you know what I mean it's like Mm. we haven't treated the wars fairly and the fact that now that the prime minister has um like told us to open up our homes but never did once did that when it was the Afghanistan war the Syrian war I just mm. find that like it's actually really telling of the racism in this country and the way in which we view like is refugees it or, is it, or, is it, or is it the way it's portrayed in the media no it's generally the way in which we view refugees like uh, can you imagine like a appeal to open up homes to Syrian refugees but now there's an appeal to open up homes to Ukrainians you know mm. it's like there is such stark differences in how we teach people uh, treat people of colour who are refugees and white people who are refugees and I really want to highlight that because it's it's, it's kind of sickening to me mm. you know it's like we don't that, have that that showed quite um, quite starkly on the borders of uh, Poland yeah uh, and that where the border guards were quite racist to yeah. people of colour they weren't letting any Nigerian or African um, well, descent and, and Indians and Indians anyone any person of colour yeah, was, wasn't allowed yeah, to get out of the right. country and I just find that sick like Ukraine obviously I'm, I'm with you on what you're doing but like the fact that you've held people at your border who are people of colour and haven't allowed them through I just mm. don't find that uh, I think it was the it was the yeah, this it was, side but it's so also, the EU it, side yeah but it was also yeah. them getting out of Ukraine as well mm. was was very difficult so there's a lot of racism that I think has been mm. exposed in this war yeah. as, as well as this like obviously Vladimir Putin being an absolute mm. psychopath well it did show in the Syrian war where the, the Germans took in about a million yeah yeah but they protested about that yeah but it was only a minority but the Germans took in one million Mm. we took nowhere near that but the Poles and uh, the Eastern European bloc took a minute amount yeah because it was there was was, um, there's protests not once has there been a protest against Ukrainian refugees coming in and I think yeah it's just really telling but Mm. yeah any any which way we we spoke to spoke to Lenny about um, Mm. you know how Kiev Pride are helping the LGBT community out there and um, there's some really poignant bits in it I I mean genuinely me and Steph when we were doing the interview were very close to you know, welling up at times it's very difficult when you're trying to do an interview that's such serious subject so Lenny if you're listening thank you so much for um, letting us talk to you I mean hopefully um, we're going to stay in touch um, and hopefully it'll all be updates, over at some point yeah. and you know, we'll be talking about Keith Pry coming back and that kind of thing which would be wonderful So, but that's coming later on in the show um, before we do that um, Steph's been finding out about diaries of somebody I believe mm-hmm. have you not? I did, yeah. Um, caught up with Toby Osman, who's um, who's turns out to be a murderer. <laughs> oh, right, okay. Turns out <laughs> you actually spoke to him. I did. What? Yeah. You spoke to a murderer. Out, 
It turned out he's the murderer in the play. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> Lord, Lord Jesus. I was like, wait, Dear. what? Had to be getting to maximum prison? What yeah. happened? Someone and read the show notes, didn't they? <laughs> um, I Break, breaking news on Shoutout. <laughs> I mean, I've dated a murderer, so let's not. Ooh, yeah. Ooh. Okay, well, this, this is all about a show. Yeah, <laughs> just no, no, just for the record, know, no. okay? Have a listen to this. <laughs> Stage for the first time in 35 years, Diary of a Sunday is a deep dive into the mind of one of the most witty, rebellious and acclaimed artists of his generation, Joe Orton. Now, Toby Osmond has joined me and you're one of the stars of the theatre production. Toby, <laughs> Toby Hi, Stephanie, me, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. Um, give us a bit of background first. Of the play? Well, I yeah. mean, it's, it's fantastic stories taken almost entirely verbatim, word for word, from... Um, from the diary of Joe Autumn, which itself was like a big sort of made a big splash when it came out. Um, it's not a spoiler to say that Joe Autumn was killed by his lover, uh, Ken Hallowell, who I uh, play because I'm usually cast as villain, basically. Uh, <laughs> we'll come to that later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was a massive story at the time. Joe Autumn was on the sort of, on the precipice, I suppose, of massive stardom. He was writing a film script for the Beatles, and they were at their peak. Uh, he'd had two hit plays in the West End, and this was when theatre was, like, hugely important mm -hmm. and in, in the sort of the zeitgeist, the culture. Um, and then I killed him, essentially, as he was reaching <laughs> a sort of new plateau of fame so it's a huge right. story huge yeah. story not not you personally the 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 person you're no. playing yes <laughs> <laughs> just to make that clear now you've thrown yourself around a bit you've been in game of thrones henry the eighth and his six wives dead souls as well at the uh the monk head how did you get into things like um game of thrones yeah, it was fantastic. It was uh, a real sort of career changer for me. And also speaking as a, a, a geeky nerd and fan of Game of Thrones, it was a personal privilege and honour to be cast in it because I love that show. So it was, mm. it was really like a wonderful moment being cast being cast in it as the, the last Prince of Dawn. And, you know, they say in the Game of Thrones, you win or you die. And uh, I survived, <laughs> so I won it. Well done. <laughs> well done. What was it like working with with the, all the other guys? Because obviously as Game of Thrones come on, everyone just got more and more famous and more and more popular. Oh, it was fantastic. I mean, so I, I was in this really big scene with like an almost checkbox of who had been like who had been the big stars in it and then there was like a handful of us who had been cast just for uh i mean if it were a film we'd probably be considered day players but because it was game of thrones we were there for two weeks filming filming this one massive scene mm. right at the end of the series so there was a huge amount of the the a-listers there and the ones who weren't in the scene some of them were coming out anyway so like oh. I, I yeah it, it was a privilege it was wonderful mm. like yeah it was absolutely fantastic Right. Now, going back to the uh, the stage play, Diary of Somebody, um, how easy do you find it to to keep the lines in your head? Do you ever have oh. to, do you ever wobble? Don't say that. You're cursing me, You're cursing me. <laughs> um, 
it's it's just a lot of work really i think some people lucky so-and-sos uh find it easier than others like myself to memorize lines but for me i actually now my process is i'll read the entire play front to back uh six times then i'll read the entire play but just my cue lines and my lines from front to back another six times so that's a dozen times through and then i'll start to memorize the the individual lines because mm. um, then if you if you've read the whole thing a, a load of times you just have a you're more comfortable in like knowing where you are in the script at any one point um if uh heaven forbid someone else uh does sort of like mess up a line a bit or a little bit or if i were to stumble then i'd know like where in the story and the plot i am so it's easier mm. to pick up um and you just always find new bits as well mm. i think it's uh sir anthony hopkins who said something like this is our head of the head of acting at east 15 andrea brooks wonderful teacher uh she said anthony hopkins said something like um you haven't you haven't read a play unless you've read it 10 times and you don't know a play unless you've read it a hundred times wow. as well. So it's nice to have so much time on your hands, isn't it, Sarah Anthony? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, the thing with, with theatre is on, on movies, they they lose it sometimes and start laughing and want to set yeah. the other one off. And But obviously you can't do that on stage. No. Does that it's ever happen? Coaching. Oh, yes, right, it does. Okay. It's called corpsing. We had I, oh, mischievous little rascal. I did a show <laughs> uh, with Ruby in the Dust Theatre, a lovely woman called Linny Reedman, and it was a cabaret of um, Dorian Gray. Right. Um, guy playing Dorian. His name is Adonis. Very lovely. <laughs> really? Talented. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brilliant name for the role as well. But he was at the end when Dorian sort of lying on the floor and the audience couldn't see his face, he would always pull these faces at me. I was playing Lord Henry, trying to make me laugh, the rascal. So, yeah, it can happen. But to be honest, like when you're a professional and you sort of know what you're doing, usually you just hold it together because you're staying in character as well. Like mm. every time you're, you're, you're doing a run, even if it's like, if it's for one week, if it's for six weeks, if it's for however long, you should be sort of inhabiting that character. So even if someone's playing silly rascals, then uh, yeah. you should be able to stay in it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Good uh, professional answer. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> you, uh, you mentioned earlier um, the Monkhead production of Dead Souls. That was also with Nico Pompeo, the director of uh this production of diary over somebody and it was i i was really excited when nico asked me to to play kenneth hallowell in diary over somebody because i've worked with him before and actually dead souls was the uh the first five star production i'd had my name associated with oh so well done yeah. I knew it was a safe pair of hands and i was yeah. really excited that yeah. nico asked me to do this again like i love him he's a mm. great person and he's a great director as well he's really going places Hmm. Um, what I would like to mention is uh, Summerland, a film I did, which um, is also a queer story. It's LGBT. It's the it's Gemma Arterton was the lead. I was in the scene with Dame Penelope Wilton, which was fantastic. This was after Game of Thrones. Yeah. Um, but it's it's a, a film where the two leads are lesbians. It's hmm. a film about a pair of lesbians, which is wonderful because you don't yeah, hear yeah. 
a lot of certainly not in the mainstream um film industry stories involving lgbt couples as the as the leads essentially so it was really wonderful to be part of summerland and I, to be honest i've got game of thrones to thank for that because i went from uh, you know just doing auditions like everyone else and then suddenly i was invited for a meeting didn't even have to audition a meeting with wow. the director wonderful really strong powerful talented woman called jessica swale mm. it was her feet uh, debut feature film as a director but she's written some fantastic feminist pieces um blue stockings which i've seen a large number of time uh nell gwyn as well which is on at the nationals i was thrilled to be working with um jessica swale on that right going back to diary of somebody is it a big production how many people are taking part yes uh there's in some ways yes in some ways no there's six people in the cast there's uh, the wonderful George Kemp, who is playing Joe Wharton, he's the lead. Um, uh, I am the supporting lead as Ken Hallowell. We've then got four cast who are multi-rolling. So we've got Gemma Churchill, who uh, your listeners may know from Doctor Who. We've got Jamie Zubari, um, Saoirse Kennedy and Ryan Rajai Mal, who are they're just the most fantastic actors. They've got something like 40 roles between the four of wow, them. Wow, that's a lot of changes, isn't it? Oh, Do they absolutely. have to change costumes? Yeah, each one's got their oh. own costume. It is rather sort of sometimes boiled down to a hat being removed or put on because okay. uh, <laughs> sometimes they don't even leave the stage to change characters, you know, but their accent right. work is sublime. Right. I'm in constant admiration. Right. Is that like a Superman thing where he can put his glasses yeah. on and you can't tell he's not Clark Kent? Very much. Apart from instead of a phone box, they're crouching behind a bed, hoping that no one in the wings can see them. <laughs> right, Toby, give me the dates of um, the the theatre production going yeah, out so people well, we've can come and watch. Sold out on the first date, which was twenty second of March. So now it's the twenty third of March to the thirtieth of April. It's at the Seven Dials Playhouse in the West End in Covent Garden. So book those seats before they yep. go oh absolutely absolutely toby osman thank you so much for joining shout out thank you very much for having me steph it's been, been a pleasure shout out lgbt radio for you the shout out podcast that's called uh, this girl <laughs> I haven't heard it in ages. No. I love that song. But do, you, do you remember the group? Oh, it's a really weird name. Yeah, look at my show. Hunts <laughs> and the Cooking. On Three Burners. On Three Burners. Okay, that Hunts is a and weird. Cooking on Three Burners. I right. mean, that's a strange name. Well, it's not the strangest, but it's definitely no. strange. No, but I like the song. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, I definitely was grooving so, to it. I think Matthew likes it too. I'm well, sure I, I saw I, you yeah, bopping around in the corner. Cooking on gas is a great track. Uh, yeah, cooking on gas there. Cooking on three burners. <coughs> what happened to the fourth? Is it broken? <laughs> it definitely is. Or maybe it's just a three burner burner. <laughs> I, I don't do fire. You don't do fire? No, I, don't yes. like, I don't like fire. I'm, I'm sorry. I remember a distinct Bang. explosion in my own lecture theatre done by said person. <laughs> Can we just pre preface it that it was controlled? Mm, was it though? Uh, yeah, <laughs> my it heart wasn't when it went off. <laughs> anyway, are you with us, Terry? I certainly am. Half Hi, Man, Terry. Half Biscuit is a far stranger name for a band, you know. Half Man, Half Biscuit? 
Mm, I've never heard of them. No, no, yeah. indie band. Yeah, no. I feel like that's appropriate because you know when you have a lot of biscuits, you do feel half biscuit. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you're like oh god yeah. I'm basically you're working biscuit. at home yeah, yeah just dunking your biscuits in your tea you're gonna have to tell us what your band name would be should we give you the news to think oh, about I don't it? think it's safe for air <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it'd be safe for air <laughs> anyway uh, let's get some news headlines This is Shout Out News on Thursday the 17th of March. The gay commentator and historian Yuval Noah Harari has written for the Guardian newspaper on how the Russian state, in spite of winning battles, is already losing control of its war in the Ukraine. The gay mastermind, who wrote such acclaimed books as Sapiens and Homo Deus, has turned his fine analytical intelligence to the current geopolitical situation and writes, with each passing day it is becoming clearer that Putin's gamble is failing. The Ukrainian people are resisting with all their heart, winning the admiration of the entire world. Many dark days lie ahead and the Russians may still conquer the whole of the Ukraine, but to win the war the Russians will have to hold it and they can only do that if the Ukrainian people let them. And that seems increasingly unlikely to happen. Squat.net, an international news and support resource for squatters and the squatting movement, reported on the 14th of March that an empty building belonging to a Russian oligarch in London's Belgravia district was occupied by a radical collective. They draped a Ukrainian flag from the balconies as a statement of solidarity with the country being invaded by Vladimir Putin's authoritarian and homophobic Russia. The occupiers of the building said, We are anarchists. We occupy this property in protest against Putin and his world. This mansion is owned by Russian oligarch Oleg Deripaska, complicit in Putin's invasion of Ukraine. The invasion of Ukraine is the only the latest episode in a long series with from support of the Assad regime in Syria to the neo-Nazi Wanga militia assisting dictatorship, concentration camps for LGBT plus people, ecocides, brutal wealth equality, far-right trolls and so on. By occupying this mansion, we want to show solidarity for the people on Ukraine, but also for the people of Russia, who never agreed to this madness. The National Secular Society, which campaigns against undue religious influence, has slammed the Catholic Archdiocese of Southwark after it intervened with the apparent connivance of extremist groups to prevent a talk by the acclaimed gay author Simon James Green. In an astonishingly underhand move, Mr Green says that governors at the school who supported his visit were fired by the Archdiocese, which pays for part of the upkeep of the establishment. The National Secular Society says they have previously highlighted how faith schools including those that are state-funded, are permitted to teach stigmatising ideas about gay people and same-sex relationships. Stephen Evans, for the Secular Society, said the disturbing behaviour of this diocese highlights a broader problem of faith schools, stigmatising same-sex relationships and therefore contributing to a climate where many young LGBT plus people are growing up feeling ashamed or frightened about who they are. The force is strong with this next item. Mark Hamill, who is known as Luke Skywalker to millions of Star Wars fans, has expertly put homophobes in their place after he spoke out against Florida's proposed Don't Say Gay Bill, which refers to a piece of legislation stopping educators giving support to LGBTQIA students under third grade or even mentioning that gay relationships and trans people exist. 
accused by right-wing propagandists as being steeped in what they bizarrely call sexual ideology, Hamill told them, now guess which finger I'm holding up, before signing off with a love heart and writing his name as Ma and a camel emoji. Rainbow Rebellion, which is the LGBTQIA plus contingent in the campaign group Extinction Rebellion, says that it continues to defy the authorities with its activism against industries associated with climate change. They say that they are planning action alongside other environmental groups to block oil refineries across the UK, and activists will also take to the streets of London during April. LGBT plus Labour, which is the LGBTQIA network within the National Labour Party, is holding its annual fundraising dinner at the end of the month in London. Guests from the Parliamentary Labour Party will be present. The event is timely after an astonishing attack on the Labour Party leader, Sir Keir Starmer, by anti-transgender campaigner J.K. Rowling. Sir Keir has spoken out in favour of the rights of transgender women, something that Rowling is preoccupied with opposing. Tickets for the dinner cost £45 each. Uh, just contact LGBTLabourUK at gmail.com for more information. Now, she has the fierce attitude of a contemporary drag queen and the fetish sensibilities of that bunch of intergalactic rubber queens, the Borg. And she's now embarking on a lesbian romance to the delight of science fiction fans everywhere. She is, of course, Seven of Nine, who first appeared just over 20 years ago in the Star Trek series Voyager and now reprises her role as an older, more humanised Annika Hansen in Picard. Pink News and FX magazine both report that as season two of Picard begins, we find Hansen, played by Jerry Ryan, in a relationship with Raffi Musica. The pair are called on to help Jean-Luc Picard repair the time streams when they are threatened by the higher dimensional being known as Q, who as previously is paid, played with camp relish by the wonderful John Delancey, incidentally, who is a campaigner for secular values in the States, including LGBTQIA rights. Jerry Ryan had asked for her character to explore her sexuality for several years, but only recently had the makers of Star Trek been open to the concept. Pink News reports that a key mover in getting the relationship between Hansen and Musica to the screen was the gay actor and activist Jonathan Del Arco, who plays the Borg known as Hugh. And finally, we send greetings to people marking three important festivals this week. From sundown, and on Tuesday was the Jewish Festival of Purim, a joyous occasion marked in charitable works and officially sanctioned drinking. Then, as we go to air today, on Thursday the 17th, we have Holi, the ancient Hindi f spring festival of colours, widely celebrated in Indian communities here in the UK. And finally, Thursday the 17th is also St. Patrick's Day, the festival of the patron saint of Ireland. Marches and parades take place in numerous cities around the world with a large diaspora community. So it's a special greeting from us all here to all Jewish, Hindu and Irish LGBTQIA people, and we hope that your celebrations are safe and memorable indeed for these news stories and more we update our website every day please go on to visit shoutoutradio.lgbt for shoutout news this has been matthew tosh and terry Starr. shout out news national and international lgbt news for you Shout out. LGBT radio for you. The Shout Out Podcast. Shout out. 
But yeah, that is Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper with Shallow from the movie um, A Star Is Born. Lovely song, that one. It is. I love, I love a little bit of Lady Gaga. Yeah, yeah, she can't half sing, can't she? And, and, and she plays the piano as well, yeah, amazingly yeah. well. Yeah, very talented. A lot of musicians yeah. can play yeah. instruments, mm, though, isn't it? Yeah, I think she writes a lot of music for other people as well. Mm, probably. That's very true. Mm, yeah. She's yeah. got the same name as me, which is... Gaga. No, her proper name. Lady. <laughs> <laughs> I've never called you Lady. Stephanie. That's very true. Lady Stephanie. Lady Stephanie. Yes. So anyway, well, Lady Stephanie and I yesterday uh, were very, very lucky to um, manage to speak to Kiev Pride, uh, despite the fact that the war is going on over there. They very kindly, um, Lenny very kindly took some time out and um, um, took some time to talk to us. And it really hit home when, before we even started the interview, she um, had to move into the hallway to be surrounded by three walls because the um, air raid siren had just gone off. Um, so it was a very, very moving uh, interview. Have a listen to this. Lenny, a very warm welcome to Shout Out. Thank you so much for taking the time um, to talk to us. Um, you are obviously from um, Keith Pride. Right. I'm the executive director of Keith Pride, the biggest pride organisation in Ukraine. So take, take us back to before um, everything kicks off. When a Pride happens um, over in, in Kiev, what's it normally like um, pre all the kind of what's going on now? But if, last year, for example, did you manage to have it with COVID or were you shut down? Or? Well, so this year, 2022, Kiev Pride will, as a march, right, march of equality, as we call it, right, um will turn 10 years right we started wow. back in 2012 right so and in 2012 it was uh, a little group of 100 people wanting to march and we were not able to march because the police uh would not provide the protection we needed from right radicals that were very aggressive on the street ready to beat us up well in nine years in 2021 so last year, we were marching in September in the center of Kiev. 7,000 people joined us for the March of Equality and police provided protection, uh, very good protection that we really needed because uh, right radical organizations are still active. They're still very homophobic, very transphobic, and they're still ready to attack. But police is on our side and the authorities of Kiev city on our side so they cooperate with us for making pride march safe and for letting people march together in safety and security and had things not have escalated with russia i presume the plan was to do that again this year well Yes, this year we planned our Pride March, the celebration, the anniversary. Uh, we were planning uh, to hold it in June, right? The Pride Month, the World Pride Month, right? But uh, right now we're still hoping that actually it will happen. We still hope that uh, the victory uh, will be on our side and it will happen very soon. So we are full of hope and we believe in our Ukrainian military that would protect us and that will lead us to the victory. 
But the, the reality is, obviously, we've, we've seen it on the TV. Effectively, the country is at war at the moment, and a lot of people are having to leave. I would assume that also includes people who are LGBT+. Plus. Um, you know, how, how has the response been from the other countries around? Are they, are they opening up and helping LGBT plus people, or are they being resistant? Or well, so what we see right now is a huge response from the community. So at the first day of invasion, I had uh, organizations, LGBT organizations from uh, Germany, from Poland, from Czech Republic, from uh, Hungary reaching out to us and they would assure us that we will be okay. So send refugees to us. We will find a shelter. We will organize transportation from the border. We will help in any way you can uh, need the help. So we really felt this community support first of all, right? And right now, as the UK opened a uh, uh, possibility for um, citizens to sponsor uh, any refugee from Ukraine coming into the country, right? We receive a huge amount of messages from the members of community offering sponsorship, offering their homes, offering accommodation for LGBTQI refugees from Ukraine. So this community support is what is really get us going. So to fill this, to understand that you're not alone in this, that community is having your back. This is really the thing that we need right now and this is what we really appreciate so was it was it more than you expected yeah, the, I, the way so. I was gonna say the way you're talking about it you seem you seem very flattered by the, the outpour of support from what i can tell absolutely absolutely you know just regular people members of the community who are not connected with organizations, just people who from the community who want to help fellow community in Ukraine. This is incredible. We were just so grateful. We are so grateful to these people because it makes us feel like that we're not alone and we'll be okay when fleeing the country. We will be absolutely uh, taken care of and we are in good hands. Well, I, I wouldn't want to put words, words into our audience's mouth, but I'm pretty sure I will speak for the majority when I say, you know, all of us are following this with, with interest and the outpouring of support and help we see here of people wanting to, you know, help and support you is, it's been quite overwhelming to see here as well. So I'm really pleased that message has also made its way, um, all the way to Ukraine as well. Can you, can you give us an idea of what it's like at the moment, um, where you are? Are you in Kyiv itself at the moment? Right, right. I'm in Kyiv and, uh, well, I'm sitting here in the corridor because, like, we just had this air raid alert, right? So I'm kind of uh, in the safest place in the apartment because, like, you know, I'm protected with three walls here, three walls there, right? So uh, trying to keep safe, right? And, well... Of course, it's scary, but I truly believe that uh, our army does a lot to protect us. And uh, yesterday we heard that there was like a, a very hot day for, for the army, but 
I believe that uh, they they are doing good, very good. I mean, it, it sounds very scary having to think about where you are in a flat. I, I know a lot of people say, why why not leave and go back when it's safe? Well, so yes, this question is right now kind of you know we uh, often get this question from uh, many media, right? But like, there is a big country, Ukraine. 44 million people. I don't think that we all can escape, right? And I don't think that Europe can really uh, uh, welcome that many people, right? First of all. And second, I would say that uh, our country needs us. We're here to help, to support. We're here to keep the economy going. Because this is what is very important so to keep the economy going. So our bank systems, our economy will be on the rise and would not fall down because it it's really the thing that is keeping the country going, right? And we are here helping our military, helping our territorial defense units. And what is more important, helping our community. So we help our community with shelters, with direct help for food, for water, for transportation, and we help our community with psychological support because it's the situation when people find themselves emotionally drained, right? They don't know how to react. They are really in this bad place, dark place. And we have a team of volunteer psychologists that would help people. So right now we are running like uh, psychological support groups um, every day. And we have a lot of people reaching out to us, asking for this support. So we're here and our country needs us. So that's why we're not leaving. Lovely to hear. So listen, I won't take up any more of your time because I I know it's um, um, quite quite a tumultuous time at the moment. But thank you so, so much for taking some time to talk to Shout Out. Um, And from all of us here at Shout Out, our hearts are with you. Um, And I really hope we can talk to you again in a few months when it's over and you're running a pride and we can be talking about the good things like that and uh, marching through the streets and that kind of thing. But in the meantime, um, thank you for joining us and please please stay safe thank you very much thank you very much for for having me and uh, i would say that um it is very important to have your support and community support so i just call to all the people there so please reach out to us please if you want to help reach out give a message follow us on social uh share our posts right donate to cave pride so we are helping our community and every donation will help one or two or three LGBT persons to survive in these times, right? So this is very important from uh, to help this help uh, from uh, Europe and from other countries. So we have people reaching out from all over the world, really. And this is the most important lesson that we learned during this 20 days of invasion, that we're not alone. And community, LGBTQI community exists beyond borders. Hmm. This is what is so much important to know. Now, listen, we'll we'll make sure that we also put all the links to all your social media up 
um, on our website and along with the podcast and the like. Um, so if people want to follow and want to retweet or want to donate, uh, they know where they can go to make sure it is the right uh, Keith Pride um, that they're donating to. And uh, we really hope it helps. Uh, thank you. For now, thank you very much for talking to us, Lenny. Thank you very much. Thank you for reaching out. And yes, let's stay in touch. For more information about Shoutout Radio, visit us online at shoutoutradio.lgbt. Shoutout. LGBT radio for you. The Shoutout Podcast. As a steps and light up the world. I know, not your favourite group. Do you know what? No. After the after the thing we just had, I think it was needed. Yeah, yeah. So I'll give you that one. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> the emergency steps, is that what you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what? Sometimes steps is the band-aid. You know, it, it's you slap it on and it makes you feel that teeny-weeny bit better. And yeah. why not? Yeah. Exactly. If it was S Club 7, then we'd be having a different story. <laughs> Andy, we would. We'd be needing to have a conversation. But it wasn't. It was steps. Yeah, and yeah. I have a modicum of respect for yeah. steps. You were in nappies when these songs came out. Um, <laughs> I was fully walking and talking. Oh, right, right. I was just five when I did it. You Pro- know? Probably knew all the actions too, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was a good old little dancer. <laughs> um, couldn't stop me moving. So. But, yeah, thank you for bringing that interview to us. It's it's so powerful. Well, big, big thank you to Lenny from Keith yeah, Bride. Hopefully, for, she can, at some point, they will be able to listen to this um, with yeah. us or... Like they can see how much we appreciated their story, and I don't. I don't think anyone at the moment knows how long things are going to go on for. But no. it, it was lovely hearing how upbeat they were. You know, they they were. It's going to be over. You know, we believe in our army, etc. We want to talk to you later on in the year when we will be having pride. You know, so I love crossed. how they have faith in their army. You know, like they are massively outnumbered, but they have faith. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, like, well, and you think that's one of the most powerful countries in the world, Russia, and yet they've stalled them. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is uh, he agreed not to be um, to join NATO, which I feel like NATO would have saved them. But it is what it is. I, I do truly think they will. Ha- it's it's not lucrative to be in a war. It just isn't anymore. So yeah. I I think and Russia's getting penalised. Yeah. I guess he's. I mean, when it, when you look at it from the outside, Putin's just wrecking his country. It's just internal. Mm. No, cause I watched a video actually, and it actually like, makes a lot of sense why he's done it. Like oh, because they found a lot of uh, oil reserves and gas reserves in Ukraine, and like if Ukraine were able to actually utilize and capitalize on that, they would outbid Russia for like their their monopoly on uh, Europe, and obviously that would have cost. Russia's economy. Well, if we look at the even bigger picture, we should all be getting off the reliance of gas and fossil fuels from stop anywhere. Yeah, I and guess. Then, then it wouldn't really be an issue for any country. I guess that the, that's not yeah. the argument here now, though, because we still mm. very much rely on them. But yeah, of course, renewable energy is definitely the way to go. Yeah. Less wars. Pl- plenty of wind power. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I beg your pardon, Nancy. <laughs> well, I was, I was going to say, when, when the wind blows, uh, the problem is if it blows too too heavily and too and too fast, um, the turbines have to stop. But uh, wind power and uh, renewables from from the ocean would actually generate an awful lot of the UK's power reserve. Yeah. Aren't um, aren't most of the uh, or a big uh, slice of the buses um, now run by poo? Yeah. 
yes. Uh, that is very so you said yes. by, um, So unicorn, ooh. unicorn <laughs> fluffs. Oh, wow. Okay. But yeah, no, like we definitely need to move to more renewable energy. Yeah, like we, we will, we will. It's inevitable, you know. Yeah, no. There is only so much fossil fuel in the yeah, world anyway. Is it not? Is it? You know? Is yeah, it's finite. And we're we're getting very hot. So that nice San Diego that you like might get too hot to go to. Don't Honestly, you? I just I can't because <laughs> after twenty twenty, it feels like okay, we're gonna go up, we're gonna go, and now we're just where are we? But we're gonna get there. I feel like it's gonna be Pride season. I'm hoping we get Lenny back. Pride's back this year. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. We get to like actually celebrate with our community because that's something I really mm. missed in twenty twenty. Like um, this. Western Supermare Pride is confirmed. I think Swindon I is it. not. No, Swindon isn't. No, that's right. I thought they want cancel Western Supermare. No, Did no, I see no, that's happening. No. Uh, Swindon cancelled. Swindle cancelled. Okay, Swindle yeah. cancelled. Okay, well, Western so, Mayor's out. Not quite as many times to boogie for you this year, but you never know. Well, um, yeah. Black Pride is out, so I'm very happy. That is literally where my heart is. But um, cool. where's that happening? That when one it's, here in Bristol, or was it a no, 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 national in yeah. London? It's like in July. Right, okay. But definitely, I love being in a field of POC people who are queer. Honestly, they show out and show up with their outfits. I'm like, oh. you always look stunning at Pride. Thank you, darling. But like, honestly, them, I'm just looking left and right, and being like, I don't know who to stare at the most. <laughs> like, honestly, you're all just pretty gorgeous, you know. And then she realizes it's a mirror. Uh, yeah. Open the mirrors. <laughs> Isn't it um, astronomical? Uh, astronomical mm-hmm. spring on Sunday. Terry? What? At a quarter past three in the afternoon, yes. Oh, my God. Terry, oh, the exact you? time. Wow. Of, um, Love the detail. What's the, that? The yeah. astronomical spring. What so, is that? What is that? So, the sun crosses the equator and uh, day and night are equal. It's the equinox. So, uh, and, yeah, oh, we, right. so we go into the lighter half of the year till September. More hours of daylight than darkness. Yeah. Okay, right. but like it's in like... Really brilliant. That happens every year. Yes, of yes. course, yeah. yeah. Well, more well you get two year. equinoxes. Yes. Yeah, I thought you, you were speaking like it was one. a phenomenon. Well, well it, it is a phenomenon. It's very important it's to... It's very uh, special. Spring, spring. People. A lot of people still mark it, yeah. Yeah, no, it is, it is. I, well, I'm, it is. I'm just looking forward to the summer. It's like. um, the the big in the Druids. Um, community isn't it um Dru- druids would have marked it yeah, yeah in ancient times but a lot of communities lot. would have you know in in, pagan. in you know the times well pagan agricultural times yeah Those. in the pre-industrial world it was very important mm-hmm. but astronomers yeah. get excited as well physicists get excited mm. so i would just they like do. to just say for the physicists yeah. that get excited by that <laughs> i i understand you <laughs> yeah. You're here absolutely them, i agree <laughs> cold blade of rationality bit of science in here absolutely. yeah well, it will be nice that i All love this it wishy washy hippie dots. Uh, I do love him in the clutch. <laughs> <laughs> we need a bit of Matthew and uh, Lara from the science community. Don't uh, oh, I, don't I, like, no. I like the hippie dippy. Yeah, we were talking so earlier. The, no, so me and Lara were talking earlier in the week about some of that kind of what we perceive as uh, hippie hippie yeah, stuff. Exactly. It's actually some traditional, uh, particularly in the medicine side of things, um, has got some serious science behind it. Mm-hmm. Indigenous yeah. science is yeah. there we are. equally as valid as Western science and we actually need to integrate it in. And they had great knowledge about the the equinox and astronomy. So you they know. did indeed. They did indeed. Stonehenge and Newgrange in Ireland and all the rest of it. Oh, that we need to do another show yeah. on that. But unfortunately, so it's Stonehenge the end of this one. is actually quite quite small. Yeah, drive past it. It's not as big as it looks when you see it in a photo. Oh. That's because the A three hundred three is quite a way away from. Uh, it. Yeah. Distance. <laughs> 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 uh, anyway, that's it for this week's show. Uh, if you do want to hear that interview with Lenny again, or indeed if you want to hear any of our other shows, um, head over to see us online yes head over to see us online at uh, shoutoutradio.lgbt um, 
um, where you can get in contact with us and find out more about us and grab any podcast you might fancy. Uh, next mm. week, Sassy's back. Oh, mm. I like that little mm. yeah. <laughs> um, But from myself, from Andy, from Terry, from Matthew, from Steph and from the lovely Lara. Hello, um, Say bye-bye and hello, San Diego. Ah, bye-bye, Bye-bye now, bye-bye. Shout out. LGBT Radio for you.